Abby. And I'm Caitlin. And today we are going to be talking about Exodus, the second installment in the Ravenhood trilogy. If you have not read the book yet and you want to go visit part one where we do a um, pretty lengthy synopsis kind of going over everything about the book so that you don't have to read it yeah but you should you should read it yeah if yeah if you do listen to the synopsis and you're like man I feel like I would want to read that book but do, do I even though I've heard the synopsis yeah read it anyway read them all because read we all did three. not do it justice <laughs> yeah for sure it's way better when you read it so do it so anyway, kind of jumping into the book, we always like to start off with our thoughts and feelings about it. So um, always giving like a quick book rating on, you know, what we thought it deserved and why we thought it deserved it. So I gave it a, um, actually a 10 million out of 10. <laughs> you did. <laughs> If I'm being wholly honest, because I've never had a book evoke so much emotion from me ever. Um, I'm not a crier. I don't typically get emotional in books, but it made me cry, I believe, about eight to nine times throughout the yeah. entire first and second part, which is awesome. I love that. And I love that Kate Stewart evokes that emotion. I felt like it was the most heinous thing that has ever been done to me, but... <laughs> I did like it. I was actually psychologically tortured while reading I, this novel. Actually, I can't actually watch any TikToks about it without crying. <laughs> um, so for me, it's funny that you say you're not really usually a crier. <laughs> I not. am a crier. I cry at everything. I cry at fucking like commercials. I fry, cry at movies. I cry during books. Like I am a crier and I have never sobbed so many times as I did when reading this one book um as far as like I've never cried that many times at one one piece of media so for me it's also a 10 out of 10 yeah when I say like I legit had to take time off for work for this book I did I took two whole days of mental stability like mental vacations for this book because I was upset I do also feel like we need to um say like so maybe you guys aren't as mentally ill as we are but that plays yeah, a like it role. could just be us <laughs> because I know not everyone likes these books like I've seen the reviews not everyone loved them but I did and it spoke to me emotionally um yeah so we are unstable anyway so like We're maybe not well. you won't relate but you know what if you do relate then hit us up it was amazing it was heartbreaking it was everything that I wanted it to be when I finished the first book it leaves on such a cliffhanger you just kind of like leave feeling like what the fuck just happened and this one just it just fixed it for you it just put the band-aid on but what I love about it too like even though like our questions are answered, it opens the door for more questions that need to be answered. So like Tobias does give us like some insight onto like why he started the Ravenhood and why he did this, but we still don't know like the reasons why. And so that's why the third book is so good too, because we get that insight behind it. And so I feel like it's just kind of like the gift that keeps on giving, like, yes, we got questions answered, but then it gave us more questions to be answered. So freaking true. These books have amazing reread value. Oh, um, good. And that's why that's a huge part of why I love them. Yes. Um, readability is important. Oh, yeah. Because I, I love to reread books mm-hmm. and just refeel the emotions. 
I love to reread books when it's been so long that I've forgotten like all the small details. And I like when I read it again, it's like the first time. Yes. And sometimes because I feel like I don't have the best memory for these kind of things. No, like sometimes because I we're forget. mentally ill. Yeah, because we're mentally ill. But sometimes I will forget like major plot points of books too. So this one has so many details that I feel like there's a good chance I could forget major, major parts of it as well. And that's honestly why we started this podcast, because we are <laughs> rereading books that we have not read in a long time. And it is bringing out new things for us. Uh. Sometimes it's the first time I've read them though, which that's is true. Too. That's true. So we're just going to kind of like dissect this book. And I think a good place to start is with the characters. And as we are like discussing things, I might pop in with some like excerpts out of the yes. book. And we're just going to kind of talk about everything like we normally do. And I'm so freaking excited. Yeah, so we'll start with our main character, Cecilia, Cecilia Horner. Um, so I, first of all, I love that this book is split up into two parts because obviously the first book gives us like a little prologue from where part two kind of picks up. And so part one, Cecilia, she is heartbroken. She is like kind of struggling through life. And um, she has recently been left by Sean and Dom only for them to pop back up after a few months and be like, yeah, Hey, that which pisses is me off. Fuck, it's <laughs> fucked up that they did that. First of all, I'll talk about this later, but basically they pop back up and be like, Hey, don't forget about us. Like we're still here. Um, we're going to be going for a while, but like, don't give up on us. We don't know when we'll be back though. So good luck with that. And she's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? And so she does her absolute best is what she does um and I don't blame her I wouldn't stick around either like like I'm sorry but like you have not answered any of her questions you have not like led her to believe to you should be trusted like you basically drug my girl through the dirt in this last book like yeah and I might be like kind of jumping ahead a little bit just by like bringing this up now but part of that too is like so they like claim that they never stopped loving her and they had planned to come back for her and stuff. Okay, fucking tell her that. Like, yeah. send her a sneaky-ass letter or something because she does. She cannot read your mind. She does not know. And, like, Tobias... Like, Tobias like, does not have control over the postal service. Exactly. And so, like, Tobias told them, like, oh, you have to go away, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I do not care how you get the message to her, but tell her that's what's going on. If you want her to wait for you, she needs to know that you're coming back yes. for her. You can't just be like, one day, we'll have one day. Maybe like, someday. No, no. Fuck give, her, give her a fucking timeline. Give her a plan because that's or bullshit. Like, if you can't give her a timeline, they say give that closure. Like if you could literally just like write a letter explaining what the fuck has happened. And I think that's like, kind of what concerns me about the Ravenhood is that they just have like this blind trust in Tobias and like I understand that like it is like very tight-knit they are doing really good things but it's like if you really truly loved this person and like you both wanted to be with her you could have gotten that communication sent to her somehow like I really do believe like Tyler would have been a, a homie in that situation and would have helped you out. But they were just like, no, what Tobias says is how it goes. And so we'll put our blind faith in him. And I also think just knowing more about Tobias, like after reading this whole book and being sure. part way into the third one, I think that if Sean and Don, like obviously let the initial emotions pass of Tobias being pissed. Yeah. But I think if they had been like, no, we like, love her, like, 
we are, we are in it. Like we love this girl. Like he would have come around yeah. instead of this whole like thing taking place, which obviously that's not what happened. But that being said too, though, Tobias is like, I always knew I loved you and I will always love you. And like, it would have killed him to like, not be with her and like, see her with Sean and Dom. And so like, yeah. I feel like that would have led to a whole different thing because he was like their ringleader. He was the one who was like controlling this whole operation. So if like his emotions were compromised by that, like, I think it would have been a whole mess. So I don't know, playing devil's advocate here, but that's true. But then I also wonder too, like if they had never slept together, like if that would not have like right. solidified the way that it did, because they always had that like attraction to each other. Uh, they were attracted to each other for sure. So maybe yeah. like it just would have led to disaster down the road. I don't know. But That's like when crazy. Dom died. <laughs> I have, yeah. If we could just change something to save Dom, that would be fucking great. <laughs> I don't think he deserved to die. <laughs> no, it was horrible. That but like died. the whole reason she did that was because it would have been fucking weird if she would have ended up with Tobias and he was just mourning her relationship with him the entire time. Like I think it would have killed him eventually. I get that from like a plot standpoint. Yeah. But, but like, then, my God, that killed like, me. You didn't have to make them brothers if you were that worried about it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry. Like, why don't you just make them all best friends? Like, why do they have to be brothers? Why'd you have to kill Dom? <laughs> why you gotta make it weird? Uh, but they needed a transition into part two, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, I do love Cecilia. I think she's a fun character. I really love her connection to music that stays relevant mm-hmm. throughout the entire series. I love her whole like dream thing where her dreams are extremely vivid and her emotions are so connected to them. That's what I loved about part two, Cecilia. Um, So obviously part two actually starts off with her kind of explaining like some of the dreams that she's been having while she was still with Colin. And so she could see Dom and she could see Sean and she could see Tobias but she um focused primarily on Dom and she could not talk to him no matter how hard she tried she could not talk to him and she wanted to apologize and she wanted to like express all these feelings that she had to him that she wasn't able to the first time and so that's ultimately what kind of led her back to triple falls was that she was having such like vivid dreams of the her boys of summer that she knew like no matter if she married Colin or not, it was not going to be the correct choice for her. And so um, she knew she had some loose ends that she needed to tie before moving forward with her life. I can't really imagine. Like, I know a lot of people probably do have meaningful dreams like that, but I just think it's so cool that she does. Like my dreams are. I don't remember my dreams. I do remember my dreams, but they're usually kind of nonsensical. Like they don't Mm -hmm. have anything to do with my real life. So I think it would be interesting to have it actually be. I mean, occasionally like that. Yeah. Occasionally like people that I know from my life will be in my dreams, but not in a meaningful way. I've never had that. And so when people describe that, I'm like, that's so fascinating. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So I really, I liked that aspect a lot. Yeah. I also thought she was just kind of like a badass, like in the second part. Like, oh yeah. um, With her business. First of all, her business is dumb as fuck. Like I am so glad that she took some of those morals and values that Dom and Sean had instilled in her and like kind of flipped that around to be something that helped people. And so like taking down big corporations and like helping small employees that like are treated, like mistreated. Like that's so freaking cool. Yeah. Compost the rich. 
yeah eat the fucking rich um (laughs) um, but I also like I don't know I just I like the growth that we see in Cecilia and like she finds her worth at the end of it because she was like wildly in love with Tobias and like I feel like she was still trying to chase that high that she had as a 19 year old girl and so I it was really refreshing to see how she grew throughout it and like she realized like hey you know, Tobias isn't into it right now. And so I got to do what's best for me. And so she followed her passions and she moved away and she did what she could. And like, even though Tobias comes and finds her at the end, like, I do think that's awesome that she was willing to step away and make sure she was okay. She grew so much and she became so strong and she became an advocate for herself there at the end. She was like, I, I can't take this freaking beating anymore like I have good for you yeah and a lot of people can't like separate themselves from that from the things that are hurting them so that would be really hard to do we stand Cecilia we stand Cecilia you go girl I love you in this second book next character so we didn't talk at all about Tobias in the last episode um, because he was only introduced as the Frenchman. So we get to see a lot of Tobias in book two. He is like the main male character after Sean and Dom leave. Um, Ezekiel, Tobias King. I like that none of them actually go by like their first given name. Like it's always their middle names. I think it's more like an undercover thing kind of thing. You know what I mean? Ezekiel, Tobias King, AKA the Frenchman. Part one, Tobias, I'm not going to lie. He was like a little bitch for a while. Like I was not a big fan of him, mostly because like I was still kind of hung up on like Sean and Dom. I was like, wow, he sent them away. That fucking sucks. Like maybe they'll come back. And then they did it. And I'm like, oh, I guess we're stuck with him. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Yeah, at first I was like, okay, but where's my book? What the fuck boys? is this? <laughs> yeah, I was like, 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 I just felt like they did away with both of them so fast. Like, they're just like, oh, you like Sean and Dom? That's too bad. They're actually not in this book. <laughs> well, to be fair, that's how Cecilia was feeling. Like, oh, you love Sean and well, Dom? Well, and once again, it's because we're supposed to feel what Cecilia feels. And so we really yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, we got fucking yeeted out of yeah. their lives. And it hurt because I really started to love them. Um, but yeah, part one Tobias for me, I was like, I was immediately into their whole like I was chemistry. into it, but I missed the <laughs> other two. Yeah, same here. But like that from that very first time that they kissed in the woods, I was like, oh, oh. we have unlocked something new. Like we just unlocked a new level. And it was like, it was it for me. I was like, I I kind of want her to be with him. See- um, but I did want Sean and Dom to be back. See, I don't know. I was not sold on Tobias. I'm not going to lie. I didn't like him. And, like, I did like that they had, like, a very, like, fiery, like, passion for each other. But I just felt like, I don't know, maybe it's because I liked, like, the sharing aspect that Sean and Dom brought. But, like, yeah. I liked that they unlocked two very different sides of her. And I just kind of felt like Tobias and Cecilia's relationship was just so fucking toxic. Oh, it was. It It was was. so toxic. And like, (laughs) I don't, I don't feel like that's like, I feel like Sean and Dom's relationship with her was just very pure. And like, they both were able to like give to sides of her that she needed. But also like, I feel like Tobias kind of like made her like a more mature character. I don't know. And like, you're right. Like it is so toxic. And in real life, like if my best friend was dating Tobias, I would be like, oh, 
Yeah, even Christy was like, what the fuck? Yeah, but like in a book, like when it's a fictional man, I'm like, red flags, where? Where? Well, and that's why I was so surprised because I'm usually all about the morally gray man, but like I was still holding strong for Dom and Sean and then Dom fucking died. I know. I was like, I guess we'll just do with Tobias. It was super abrupt and I agree with you. It was like jarring at first, but... I, I got over it he, pretty quick. <laughs> I do love that he wants to take care of her, though. He is very much a caretaker. And, like, even in part two, like, <laughs> Tobias is fucking feral for Cecilia. In part. <laughs> we won't get into that because that's in book three. But, like, Mans is fucking wild. But part two, Tobias, like, I was very upset with him, mostly because everyone just moved on so fast, and it really wasn't that fast. It was six years, like, that's more than enough time to move on with somebody, but I don't know. It just broke my heart because they pushed Cecilia away. They told her not to come back, even though she probably could have, like, they could have dealt with the Miami crew, and, like, it would have been that, like, or at least, like, once they dealt with the Miami crew, like they could have been like, Hey, it's safe to come on back. But he was like pissed at her. Yeah. And I don't know why he was trying so hard to push her away, but he was doing it in such a, like an awful way. Like he wasn't being honest. And that's literally all she has ever asked of this man is to just be upfront with her. And yeah. And just fucking quit lying to her. She's like, I can fucking handle the truth. And he will never give it to her. He will never tell her the way things are. He is super evasive. And he is like just pushing everything off in a cowardly way when he's like, no, get out of here. You disgust me. Like you need to leave. But it's none of it's true. He's fucking like, you're lying. He's masturbating to her literally every single day. Like, and you're with some other chick. Like you're probably doing the same thing. She's doing with Colin thinking of other dudes while she's fucking him. Like you're doing that to poor Alicia. Yeah. It is just, it's so toxic. You're right. But like, my thing it's is so toxic. Is he did have and again, whenever I <laughs> <Listen>. explain, <laughs> I just want to I just want to give a little disclaimer. Whenever I explain the reasons that I think someone is doing the wrong things, I am not justifying it. Yeah. I'm just saying, here's what I think contributed to their actions. And for Tobias, he had a fucking terrible childhood he did at 11 sure. years old his parents died his leaving him aunt was an him. alcoholic oh neglectful horrible aunt. and okay she did love them but she did not treat them she well did love them in her own special way but, but she was not a mother she was not a good guardian and she just like she's she barely nine that. years older than Tobias like oh, yeah and I again I can't imagine being in her shoes so like she yeah. has reasons for the way that she was but like there are reasons that I think he handled things so freaking incorrectly because no one but, taught him how to yeah like and and that's something that we won't really see until the third book whenever okay. he finally realizes like I need to pull my fucking shit together but that's what's so like so hard is like anytime someone makes bad decisions and they're hurting other people it's like well there's probably a reason that yeah he's got some that deeper trauma need to do. yeah so you know i'm a big advocate for therapy i think everyone should go to therapy. i think you can benefit from <laughs> baby girl get you some therapy baby girl and baby boy get yourself a, a therapist that you trust and mm-hmm. open up to and they will just they'll be like 
have you thought of it this way? And you're going to be like, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. <laughs> and it'll Actually, change your life. <laughs> you to, like everyone can benefit from therapy. You can, yes, because you cannot put this shit on your friends. Your friends, they are They're not therapists. They are there for you, but like they can only handle so much. Okay. Like leave your friends alone. Quit making your friends feel like they can't help you. Uh, we both have therapists and we're doing a lot better. We're doing a lot better. Um, Let's we're move on to good. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on to Sean, Alfred Sean Roberts, aka our golden son, who, my God, part one, Sean, man, you pissed me off. What the hell, man? He fucked up. So they had left Cecilia and Cecilia had come to terms with it. She was like, okay, I guess they're gone. And then they show back up and Sean is like, it's like, she is like at this Apple festival and she's like trying to get her shit together after her, you know, season of depression. And Sean just appears and he's like, dance with me. And she's like, no, like I fucking will not. She's like in shock. And he is like, don't make a scene, like dance with me. And so she does. And then he's like, they have this whole cute ass moment together. And then he's like, I have to go. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, why did you yeah. even come back here? And so she follows him and there's Dom too. And like, both of them are just like giving her longing stares across the Camaro and then like peel on deuce out. Like what the fuck? It was like, like, why did you come back? It was so like, it was horrible to do. And my issue with it is, is like, I think that they knew, like, at that point, Tobias had told them, like, what the plan was and that they were getting, like, shipped off. And so they're like, I need to see her one last time. So I think it was, like, purely selfish. It was. It was so selfish because, like, they told her nothing and they probably knew how she would take it. And they're still just like, now we got to see her one last time. Like, that is so detrimental to, like, mental health. Yeah, it really was. She was like, she had moved on. She had literally tried going on a date at this point. And they were like, or maybe she hadn't. No, she know. hadn't yet. She had gone through like her little depressive series. And someone was oh, like, girly, yes. you got to okay. You got to get out of the house. So she so had, she, does. she finally had her like intervention with her friends at least though. And then they came back and she was like, okay, I'm relapsing immediately. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to go drown myself in a bathtub anyway. <laughs> Anyways. Um, Sean, Sean, that was shitty, man. <laughs> And then Sean went and he got married. Um, that hurt. fucking married! <laughs> it really fucking hurt. And, like, we get it. We understand that he, like, had to move on. Like, time was going on. He didn't Six think years Cecilia is plenty of time. Yeah. And the thing is, too, like, Cecilia literally didn't even come back when her dad died, which is when they all kind of thought they would see her again. But then she didn't come. So they were probably like, oh, OK, she just she's, she's not interested. Back. Yeah. So, yeah, he probably really thought she was like, you know, gone for good. And Lots also miscommunication. You also mentioned like Dom could to tell that like Tobias and Cecilia were like really into each other. So like yeah. Sean might have also been able to be like, you know, for sure. But I think that's what caused such a big rift between him and Tobias, because like, even though I think he understood that, like, I don't think he was ready to forgive him because he still does love Cecilia. That paired with the fact that maybe Sean also blames Tobias for Dom's death. Like, oh, 100%. Partly, because like Tobias is their leader. So when something goes wrong like that, it kind of... 
Like he's probably like, why did little... Dom sacrifice himself when it was like your fault? Yeah. He probably was like fucking like immediately blaming Tobias for the situation. So that was not, was not a good thing for the organization or yeah. for <laughs> the personal relationships going on. Um, and we were also super pissed that his wife was such a bitch to such Cecilia. Such a fucking bitch, dude. Cecilia was such a bro. Like, she literally, all she ever did was support your business and come chat with you. And you're like, fuck you. You dated my husband six years ago. What? Like, <laughs> let me tell you how flabbergasted I was when she was like, yeah, do you remember when you said you're going to send someone to my shop to help me out? And you thought it was Tyler? Yeah, no, it was Sean. I was like, what? I was yeah. like, it wasn't Tyler. And she's like, yeah, <laughs> now we're married with two kids. I was like, what? Yeah, like it, I would have liked it better. I mean, it would have hurt less if it was Tyler, like for me personally. Yeah, Tyler deserves love. But then I was like, oh, fuck, Delphine. And then we find out that Tyler just stayed with Delphine while she was Until she died. She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Poor Tyler. I hope he finds happiness in the future. Anyways. Uh, I hate all the freaking heartbreak that this book evokes without even trying, because this is the kind of shit that like happens in real life. Your ex moves on. They get married to someone that you also were close with. Like that kind of shit happens to people in real life. And so it's like, it feels so freaking real. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why didn't she just write it this way? It would have hurt less. Well, guess what? The real world doesn't care. She's not here to make you feel good. She's (laughs) she's here to make you feel real things. She is here to make you cry. And she does a great job at it. She does. And then obviously the last character, (laughs) our sweet, sweet Dom, our John Dominic King. May he rest in peace. He deserved better. I have never experienced mourning quite like, like for a character death, quite like I have his because it was such a senseless death and I think I cried more just because of the emotion that he showed during his death um because he is you know historically a very conserved individual and like he showed his love for Cecilia in like kind of like an acts of service type of way but he never really verbalized his love and so when he started talking about you know, like how he wants another movie day with her when it's raining and like she can make popcorn for him. They can have their lavender scented pillows and they can, you know, snuggle one more time. And he tells her, you know, we love rainy days, don't we, baby? And I was just like, okay, like what's happening? Literally <laughs> Are you fucking like, kill me. Oh my God. Like, with that one sentence that we love rainy days, don't we, baby? I was like, oh, my God, he's going to die. Yeah, because he's literally at this point, he is like he's slowly inching towards his death. And Cecilia knows what's going on, but she is like, she is like, so yeah. scared. She is terrified. And she is like, she beats herself up for it, too, because she's like, why didn't I do something? Like, baby girl, it's OK. You were like, like in danger have, of like, being eight murdered. Guns pointed at you. <laughs> Um, it's okay to be scared in that moment. And uh, it's not, That's your, not fault. your fault because he didn't have to do that. He like, didn't. Tobias could have shot to. what's his face and like could have started like it may have been dangerous, but they could have gotten out of it. I know. I think. But like all like, Dom was thinking in that moment was making sure that Cecilia and his brother got out safe because those were the only two people in his life that he's ever loved. 
Exactly. He was like, I have to make sure of it. He's like, I can't leave it up to chance was kind of his thought process. And it's so freaking sad too, because he just, you know, that he loved Cecilia still. He knew that Cecilia and his brother had fallen in love, which that fucking blows, dude. Yeah. And I can't, (laughs) I cannot even imagine that situation. So like for him, he was probably like struggling with that. I have no options left. (laughs) And he, as he was laying there dying, he was talking in French to Tobias and he was like, (laughs) we, you and I both knew I'd never make it to 30 anyway. Like it's fine. And making light of it, you know, trying to make light of the situation. He's like, take care of her brother. And like, it was freaking sad. And like, also whenever Sean shows up, because like the some of the guys from Triple Falls get there because there are more Miami men coming. So Sean walks into the room because, well, no, first of all, Sean calls for them. He's like calling for their names and someone's like, we're in here. He comes in and just sees Dom dead in Cecilia's arms. Can you imagine like walking in and your best friend is just dead in the arms of a girl that you love? Like, like that's not even like his friend. Like that's his fucking brother. Like That is his fucking brother. But it's like, there is so much to take in in that moment. And they had to make decisions immediately because it was not safe. At they had point. to just leave. Dom's it was not over. There. Like she basically had to be like, rest easy, my sweet prince. And then like got and up and dip. escape out the window because there were still fucking guns shooting everywhere. God. Horrible. Oh my God. Like that was just Ugh. the worst scene I've ever read in my entire life. So with that, with that absolutely heartbreaking sentiment on our minds, I wanted to read part of the, um, when she, in part two, she goes, and the first thing she does is visit Dom's grave. I sobbed. Oh my God. So this is on Kindle. It's page 239. I don't really know if that matches up to print, but um, she is here. She is visiting Dominic's grave and she's like kind of, you know, just talking out loud to him. So she is even kind of like laughing a little bit. She's like, you terrified me. You were such a motherfucker. Like she's, you know, helping her grief with a little bit of laughter. But then she says, I do my best not to fall apart as I speak. You left before I had the chance to tell you about the future I dreamt up for you. Maybe it had a little of my dreams mixed in with it too. Maybe it was a daydream for us, but it was a good one. It wasn't a plan so much as it was a place, a place filled with music and laughter, books and long kisses and endless rainy days. It was a place where you didn't have to hide your smile anymore. (laughs) What the fuck, dude? (laughs) And she goes on to say, I pray now, Dom, often and for you. Sometimes I pray selfishly, but just for the chance to see your face in my dreams. You never let me see you, not fully. A hint of your profile here and there, but it's not enough. But I keep trying. I keep chasing after you. Please, if you can, let me see you. And she just is sobbing and just begging for him to to appear in her dream. (laughs) And it hurts. It hurts a lot. (laughs) Anyway, <laughs> anyways, we laugh so we don't cry. <laughs> I'm really sobbing. Okay. Okay. Anyways, so <laughs> that kind 
brings us to what we liked about the book, because (laughs) obviously if you guys haven't figured it out by now, the main thing that we liked about this book was the emotions that evoked Um, that it evoked. As I sit here crying. (laughs) Um, yeah. And so that was us literally like, as we're reading, as we're even thinking about it, like the emotions are so tangible. It's like the most visceral experience. You feel like you were literally there in these scenes and it can like make you laugh. It can make Mm. you cry during the scene where Cecilia was at the restaurant and set the table on fire. (laughs) I was laughing. I was, but then I was crying. (laughs) I was so sad for her because I knew she was like at her fucking breaking point. Like her (laughs) book caught on fire and like her table caught on fire and she was so embarrassed. I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. So like, okay. Speaking of, let me pull up a little, a little excerpt from this. This is just me, like, like bowing down to Kate Stewart and her genius. Kate Stewart, I am in love with you. (laughs) So after fucking Tobias puts out this fire because she is panicking and froze up, she is talking to Tobias in French because she is like, I don't, I don't even know what to say, but she asks him in French, why is life so cruel? And... Okay, so the waitress is just like oblivious and she's like, is that French? Like, wow, that's so pretty. <laughs> and Cecilia's like, yeah, how much do I owe for the damages? But also at the same time, she's like, how much do I owe? Because I don't think I can afford to pay much more. And so she's like speaking to Tobias. Um, so Tobias literally hasn't responded at this point. He's just kind of staring at her with emotion in his eyes. And she like, she can't shut the fuck up because Cecilia cannot stand awkward silence. Um, So she says, maybe I shouldn't have come, but I just wanted to see. And then she just kind of like trails off and like takes a big breath. And then in French, she says, I guess I'll always be the girl crying for the moon. And then she just leaves the restaurant. And he's still standing there with the the destroyed book in his hand when she walks out the door. And it's like, how did I go from laughing to crying in the span yeah. of 30 seconds? It was like, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard this phrase before, but it's like, if you want to make someone cry first, you have to make them laugh. Mm-hmm. And like, that is she, Kate Stewart, fucking mastered that in this scene and if you guys don't read the book for any other reason, let it be for this scene. It's well, perfect. and like, see, the scene that fucking got me was when um, she was like kind of having like a little bit of a mental breakdown. And so she goes and buys like a bunch of weed um, from like some <laughs> shady drugstore. Yes! And then she takes her car and she's going like 150 on like the back roads that like get her to everything because she wants to feel like as close to Dom as possible. And it's so sad. <laughs> but oh, it's and also then she gets so, arrested. It's so funny because <laughs> then she gets arrested and like her lawyer has to like come bail her out of jail. And she's just like, you wouldn't understand. Like, I just wanted it to be like the way that it was, but it's like, I don't know. And Ryan's so sad, like, but it was so funny. Hey babes, you're really worrying me. <laughs> but I'm like over here crying, but I'm also like <laughs> sobbing. Cause I'm like, God, she just wanted to feel close to Dom. Oh, I know it freaking, freaking hurts. And then the last thing that like made me like feel fucking destroyed was her like reuniting with Sean. Oh my and- god, I cried. <laughs> oh my god. 
she goes, and this is like literally on her way out of Triple Falls. Like she's already broken things off with Tobias, which also hurt a lot. So she shows up and <laughs> she walks in the door and is like, hey, you know where I can find me trouble? And it's like super cute and flirty and friendly. And it's like the way that things started for them. Okay, so she's crying. She's embarrassed. So she won't look at his face. And she says, I just really wanted to see you. And he says, can't do that if you aren't looking at me. He gently takes my chin in his hands and turns me to face him. And my tears spill in rapid succession. In his eyes, I see the remnants of a man who looked at me not so long ago with nothing but adoration, love, lust, and longing. I see it all in those seconds. The love we had, the love we distorted, our friendship, our season together, my golden son. So much to say and the fear I may never get it out, that he may never want to hear it. And then he says, I still think about you, Cecilia. It's impossible not to. And then she's like, are you happy? And he says, so fucking happy. And so that's the part that gets me every time. It's the closure that we needed. He apologizes for the fact that he never reached out. But again, he probably thought she wanted nothing to do with him because they hadn't heard from her either when she left. Honestly, just a lot of miscommunication. And then he gives her the Camaro and that, that part was super, super like sentimental Uh, between them. Like there is nothing more like that was like of Dom. Yes. Like the Camaro that's Dom's like icon. If you could attach a symbol to him. The other thing that, that I loved was the banter between Cecilia and Tobias when they hated each other. It was amazing. It was, it was 10 out of 10. They were hateful. It was beautiful. And it led to very passionate. It was like they're anyways to lovers all over again. Yeah. It was so like, oh, the freaking like, um, so in part one is kind of originally what I was thinking whenever yeah. I was like thinking the banter, but in part two, whenever they were like having um, just these heartfelt, like pouring their heart out to each other, like the night she got super drunk and he took her home. I was like, what's happening? Like, what is this? Because it was just all of a sudden, they're just both vomiting words out, you know, like her when yeah. she was in the car and him whenever she woke up She's from like her like, drunk nap. So I almost like, don't even want to talk about things we didn't like. Like, uh, there well, were a couple, there were a there, few. It doesn't ruin it for me, but like the age gap thing for me, I don't love <laughs> There is a significant age gap between Cecilia and Tobias. And the only reason it's significant is because of how young she is whenever they first like have their romantic relationship. A 19 year old girl is not at the same, like regardless, like I know she was more mature for her age because she basically had to be like the parent in her and her mom's relationship. And like, she did go through a lot, but like, a 19 year old is not emotionally mature enough for someone who is 32. And yeah. like, I'm not bagging on like age gaps or anything like that, but like no. they were just at two very different points in their life. My issue is not age gaps in general. It's whenever there's such a clear, um, whenever someone has like a clear, like advantage over the other as far as like wisdom and maturity and again it's nothing against young people like hey we were like really young people at one point we're still relatively young people now 
it has nothing to do with young people. I'm not like saying like, Oh, you're not mature. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that like, whenever a 32 year old man is like, Oh, I'm going to pursue a romantic relationship with a 19 year old woman. That is off putting a little bit. Not even that she was 19, but she was in like such a vulnerable state. That um, and like, and the fact that he kind of took advantage of that because he was the one who sent Dom and Sean away and he knew he was the reason for her being in that vulnerable state and he still actively pursued her. That's what really made me like not like Tobias in that yeah. second book because I was like, dude, that's shitty because you like the only reason she pursued you was because of the chain of events you started. Absolutely, it was. He was a real fuck boy. And yeah, like, like that sucks, <laughs> man. Um, yeah, you took and- away three people's happiness. <laughs> I know in just the snap of his fingers really and like that is just it's part of the plot like it just is what it is but like part of my um I guess like overall like general dislike for this kind of thing in general is it kind of seems like that's popular in literature like popular literature it is really common for the, like the female lead to be 18 or 19 years old. And then the male love interest to be a grown man, like in their thirties to be even and like the 1800 years like old in such a vulnerable, dangerous position. Like yeah. it's not like, it's not like they met on the street. It's like that 18 or 19 year old is always in like a position where they need the help of this oh, older yes. person. And I feel like that is taking advantage of this younger person. It is. Um, and I mean, it's in a lot of books that I love. I'm not like, yeah. I'm not, it's an Akatar. It's in, it's in Akatar. It's Reese in from blood like and ash. 500. Yes. Tamlin, Tamlin, and took advantage of Feyre. <laughs> he did. So did Reese. So did Reese. It's 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 hard to separate because, like, obviously, there are emotions there that are going to affect how you're behaving, and like, they can be really strong emotions, and they can like make you passionate in real life and stuff. And like, that's what they're that's what the author is drawing from. But like. You could have written the character to be It just older. doesn't sit right <laughs> with me. Yeah, like I know 19-year-olds. Like they don't because need to be doing I have younger man. siblings and like I'm sorry, <laughs> one of my younger siblings was like, "Yes, I am in like not a mentally good place and I met this 30 to 34 year old man and, and he like, said he's going to take and care he of me." He said, "Yeah, he's going to do all <laughs> these things for me." no ma'am yeah I don't like that and like maybe it's not nefarious maybe like there really is maybe they like, really a do love there. each other but like if that's the case then hey maybe slow things down until the the person until in a you're in a better state. mental place <laughs> and see if they but that's still kind love of our you. soapbox on that it, well I guess one more thing is like that <laughs> exists <laughs> that exists in like books and it's really a, a popular thing to like make your character significant your Traditionally, the female character is significantly younger than the male, Sure, um, which is just I think we need to kind of get away from that in in media in general, just because that affects young women's perception of it what does. real life should be. It's like there's it's a nothing lot more wrong with being involved with somebody your age. Yeah. I mean, hey, get to know them. Maybe you'll grow together and stay together forever. Maybe not. But you don't need to be linking yourself to someone who is in like a, a literal different phase of life than you. Like that can be really, that can make for a huge 
power dynamic issue. That's going to be like a whole ass complex. Yeah. So take care of yourselves. Take care of your friends if they're in that situation and just be like, authors, be better. Yeah. Like you absolutely can just make the person like you can make them closer in age. (laughs) There's nothing wrong. Like I know you're okay. And like we talked about this the other day, authors in this day and age are all about catering to what's popular. And Mm -hmm. like, I get it. I understand like social media, TikTok, especially with like book talk and everything has created a platform where like people tell you exactly what they're looking for in a book. I get it. But like, do your own thing. I'm sorry. Make them 22, make them 25, make them 26. Like, like, like there's no need for a 19 year old girl to be involved with someone over the age of 30. Yeah. Like she has not even gone to college yet or like, okay. So, and I'm not saying that everyone has to go to college, but she is literally fresh from high school. Like she's dealing with a traumatic childhood (laughs) and a traumatic relationship. Like, yeah. Just do better. Anyway, I digress. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. Like, that's just our own take on it. I have nothing against age gap romances. Like, I some of them really good. Oh, I will read read them. I've read some myself. I'm just saying, like, whenever people are in an emotional, vulnerable state like that, it just sits wrong with me. 100%. And obviously, we rated this book extremely highly. It has nothing to do with, like, like, how much we love it. That's just our own personal opinion. Um... Is there anything else that you disliked? Um, I just like disliked the mistreatment of Cecilia when she came back. I felt like oh, everyone was very same. harsh on her when, in fact, they were the ones who abandoned her. Like their exact words from the Ravenhood were forget that you were here and forget that you ever saw us. Like if anyone asks about us, lie. And yeah. so like she did exactly that for six years. She did exactly what they asked. And when she came back, they're like, what the fuck are you doing here? And it's bullshit because she had plenty of reasons to be there. Like and she was tying like, up all her, her loose home ends. too. Yeah, like she was selling the company. She was selling the her dad's house. Like it's like that was shitty. It was, and also like speaking of the mistreatment of her, like yeah, like it literally started from day one. Like no one would be honest with her when that's all that she asked for. Nobody, even when they built that foundation of trust with her, they wouldn't be honest with her. And everybody just kept to making decisions for her. And she's literally like, like, I'm a grown ass person. Let me make these decisions for myself. And what pissed me off too, is like how her mom, like never told her the truth, even though Cecilia literally took care of her mom because her mom was like incapable of doing it herself, a child. Yeah. So like, you can tell her the truth if she's literally like keeping you together while your drunk ass is like going through rehab and shit. Like you can tell her the truth whenever you're like in a better place and she's a grown adult, but she didn't. She waited for Cecilia to just find out and confront her. It's bullshit. And nobody ever like until even and we haven't gotten to the third Beck yet, but I feel like nobody took Cecilia seriously mm-hmm. and treated her with respect um, as an equal until book three. Yeah. And so that pisses me off for her. Well, and it also pisses me off that like her mom specifically, like she lied to her and like kept her from having a relationship with her father, even though that's what Roman wanted to begin with. Like 
her mom still could have been upfront with her when he was like literally dying. Like, I feel like if she had just been even a little bit transparent about like what had happened, like Cecilia would have been able to come to terms with it and have that like moment of peace with her father. And like, that is something that literally haunted her for six years. And even after he died, like she still wasn't ready to forgive him until her mom like told her that story. And like, I know Roman didn't do things well and like, he probably could have gone about it the best but he really I really do think he tried his best as a father and like he wanted to make sure she was like as safe as possible and Mm -hmm. so I don't know that whole part made me really sad for Cecilia and the relationship that she like missed out with her dad yeah and again it just sucks because again the decision was made for her yeah poor Cecilia Cecilia is a victim Cecilia is a victim of many things. And <laughs> if and you don't know, it will change away, my mind. <laughs> Cecilia is a victim. Change my mind. <laughs> I mean, that's Exodus in a nutshell. It is a roller coaster from start to finish. Having two different parts in it, like, really takes it out of you. It is a lot mentally. Um, but the ending of it really does set up the third book perfectly. And honestly, the third book gives you so much closure as a reader. And we're super, super excited to talk about it in our next full length episode. It's called The Finish Line. And so go ahead and start reading it, get a head start on it. We'll be covering that next. Yeah. And join us next week for our, um, our mini-sode. We are going to start another new segment. It is called (laughs) Good Reads, Bad Reviews. So join us for our mini-sode. It's going to be a segment where we read, um, we're not reading them ahead of time. We are going to blind blind read (laughs) to one-star reviews from, from, popular books and we're gonna do the Akatar series first yes yes we're starting with Akatar. so join us for that mini so it should be really entertaining <laughs> i'm excited um, yes. so we'll see you there and as always let's get lit